Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Colossal Soprano. Go! The premier destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award winning play-by-play man Dan Dewey and international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Well, if only you could hear what goes on before the podcast starts, well, we'd all be fired. And, well, (laughs) neither one of us is employed for this because it's Golasso Supremo. (laughs) The lip noise is added by Rick Tittle. I'm Dan Dibley. Golasso Supremo, episode 33, Rick, which, of course, means it's the Larry Bird episode. 33 is Larry Bird to you. It is. Yeah. yeah. I try and stick with the basketball. I like it. Uh, See, to me, it's Canseco. It's just automatic. All the way, yeah. Yeah. Keep but then uh, maybe a little Kenny King, you know, throw it in there, a little Super Bowl 15. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's funny, as I was walking in, uh, the lovely and talented receptionist out there, she was wearing a shirt that said España. And I said, are you from there? And she said, no, but my, she said, my family moved from El Salvador to Madrid. And I go, are you more Atletico or more Real? She goes, I think Real. And I go, that means you're fancy. Mm, Nice. And we will get into full Champions League match day four breakdowns. Oh, yeah. Some thrilling, thrilling (laughs) results and a possible resurrection for a certain English Premier League team that actually showed like they've got a clue. We'll, of course, look at the Premier League as well. We've got some stories and I've got a special one, Rick. It's not soccer related, but... I'd like to talk about BART train rescues after Raider games, That'll if I could. That'll be Dan Dibley taking story time today. Yeah, because you're always welcome to tell a story, spin a yarn as well, because you're so good at that. But, oh, thanks. But first, Rick, we must start with uh, Tottenham 4, Red Star nil. Is this Champions League result enough to turn the tides for your beleaguered, with a capital B, beleaguered Tottenham side in the Prem? Well, we'll see about the Prem. This was a result that we knew was going to happen. We knew Tottenham would win these two games back-to-back with uh, with Red Star. But the thing to remember, really, is that they're basically in the knockout phases now. I mean, Olympiacos lost to Bayern Munich, and so really Tottenham can sit on the points they have right now. A draw will uh, get them in, which is important. But the thing that was most important about this game is that um, Min's son... Uh, was able to score a couple of goals in this game. And he had had, and we'll get to that in the Prem, but he had had a very uh, emotional time at Goodison Park. And so it was good for him to get back on the the horse. And by the way, the number one scorer in the Champions League so far, Sonny, nine goals. And he's a fantastic talent. Through the, the four fixtures, he's got yes. nine already yeah. in the Champions League. I didn't realize he had scored that many. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're in this space, let's talk about what happened at Goodison Park, where yeah. Sonny Boy, as you like to call him, Yun Min Son, got a red card that was part of the, the Spurs undoing. Yes, and so in the game, uh, which Tottenham really should have won, it was a draw between two really 
lousy teams. And I had said this last uh, Thursday, last uh, was it Thursday? Last Thursday as well. That uh, Tottenham kind of owns Everton, and the, and Everton still couldn't get a win. But you had um, the likes of uh, Sanchez. Wait, what's his name? Sanchez, right? Alexi Sanchez. Now, who's the guy that got hurt? Now, now, I'm, now I'm blanking on his name. I want to say Sanchez. We'll go with Sanchez. Um, he elbowed Sonny in the cheek, and there was a big welt, and there was a little bloody mark where it broke the skin, and so he wanted to get his pound of flesh, and so when Sanchez was running down the left wing, he stuck out a foot and tripped him, which is um, a yellow card offense, um, And except the fact is that then, then the, the guy lost his balance and ran into Serge Aurier, and apparently his ankle turned around facing the wrong way. And Hyunming Sun was emotionally distraught. He had his face in his hands. He was crying. Um, he's a very, very boyishly fun, sweet guy. He hugs everyone. He does the heart shape thing to the crowd. You should see his commercials in South Korea. They're so hilariously Korean. They're great. I love them. Um, the red card was completely undeserved. It was because of the reaction of the injury. It was rescinded thankfully, uh, because he didn't deserve it. But he needed to, you know, he the first goal he scored, he had no reaction except to do the praying hand, saying, I'm praying for you in, in hospital. And the second one, he did the heart. So it was important for him. I mean, you think about a closer blowing a save that needs to get a save. This was important for him emotionally, I think. In order to get it done. I, I think yeah. it was Andre Gomez who was Gomez. Uh, was I knew injured. Sanchez was wrong. Yeah, Gomez. Sanchez, of course, uh, on yeah. Tottenham as well. But yeah. uh, Gomez <clears> injured <throat> and... And the Spurs ultimately drawing with Everton 1-1 in that fixture. Let's go back to the Champions League while we're ping-ponging mm-hmm. back and forth. Chelsea and Ajax. Not one, but two reds on one yeah. singular play. I haven't seen a referee that busy since uh, the referee in Kramer versus Kramer. As we go back to <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. I was going to try to work my way into a Dennis Miller there, but wow. I, I didn't have it. Was that a home. young Ricky Schroeder? <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. I believe it was. He but, earned uh, his stripes in the champ with John Voigt, and then I think he graduated to Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, and then eventually it was a silver spoon mm. where he made his uh, most hay, I would imagine, he as we did. talk yeah. Ricky Schroeder. Yeah. 4-4, Chelsea rescued by not one but two red cards. What did you think of the sequence and the way that the adjudication happened? I just, well, first of all, I think it's amazing once again that Ajax, just, their school just keeps pumping out talent and um you know you, you think about uh, the the kid uh, uh that uh, just uh, um declared for the united states i mean they have so much uh, talent up and down that lineup uh chelsea i thought was dead i mean it was 4-1 and then you i i, I stopped looking at 4-1 so chelsea i'll give them this frank lampard may not have his coaching badges but he is inspiring that team, and I think it does help. We talked about, you know, Matt Pulisic and Abraham. They've they got a, a lot of young guys. It's not, you know, John Terry and Michael Bridges and Ashley Cole and those guys in the Although back. Although they do have uh, Olivier Giroud back, which sticks out a little bit like a sore thumb. Giroud, and by the way, I'm going to get to that a little bit later about the French national team. I have something to say about that huh? uh, as Très well. Bon. But, uh, yeah, Giroud, uh, to me, I mean, he plays for Arsenal and he plays for Chelsea. He's not... One of my favorite guys. But um, I will say this about uh, Kepa, the goalkeeper, who had one of those majestic own goals where it's a corner kick. 
It hits his post. He dives, and then it hits him in the face for an own goal. <laughs> and all I could think of is there's a former Chelsea coach somewhere that probably had a good laugh, a guy who tried to pull him off the field, and he uh, Kepa castrated his coach by saying, I'll stay here. Right, right. That was, uh, of course, the previous coach they had. Yeah, it's your favorite team, so you know his name. Yeah, I, I'm drawing a blank right now, just like you were drawing a blank on the young Dutch player who uh, is defecting for the United States. That's uh, Dest, right? Serginho Dest? Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Must be Dest. Yes. Hey, you know, stick with the Dest. <laughs> you the have Dest the rest. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to think who their last coach was. Yeah. The, I just uh, like I can never have a Dest job. I need to... The diminutive guy they just had, who they, they ran out. CM Balal. Is that what it was? I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> This is Good thing we're whatever experts. this is. Yeah, this, <laughs> Two this American is, guys talking about Alaskan wines. Yeah, Golasso Supremo, <laughs> Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley. We are just taking a quick glance at the Champions League. The aforementioned Atletico, they lose to Bayer Leverkusen, even mm. though the Coos, as I like to call them. Coosie. Mm. Coosie got a red in that one, but they still prevailed. Is Germany the sleeping giant in this Champions League setup with... Uh, with Bayern Munich also being strong and Bayer Leverkusen in the mix as well? I, I don't really... I mean, Dortmund had a little bit of a fight back in him yesterday, but I, I don't see Leverkusen... Um, by the way, I drove uh, right by their stadium last month. Also drove by a couple others, Hoffenheim. I drove by the Allianz Arena as well, or Bayern Munich. But Bayern Munich is the... Is the main the crown jewel? Yeah, they're they're the crown jewel in the, the and they have been. They're the Yankees of Germany and all that. But um, I'll never accuse in maybe gets to the last eight. I don't really see them as a huge threat. Tell you the truth. Who would you say is the favorite right now to win the whole kit and caboodle? Just from what you've seen, four of the six matches in. From what I've seen with my own eyes, it would be Bayern Munich because I saw Tottenham ship seven goals right in front of my mm. face. They shipped their pants, some yes. would say. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just like the ship deck, Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they shipped a handful. Yeah. Uh, Juventus 2, Lokomotiv Moscow 1, Inner falls to Dortmund 3-2 that mm-hmm. the aforementioned Inter was up, result. I want to say Inter was up 2-0. Two two nothing, nothing, yeah. yeah. So there was some fight back there from the Heine crowds. Real Madrid taking Galatasaray behind the shed. That was a good old-fashioned shedding 6-0. <laughs> so these games, unfortunately, Bleacher Report bought all of them. And so you have to sign up to their streaming system for the ones that aren't on national television. So I go up to Maggie McGarry's where I watch my games. And last time I was there, Mick, it's a Man City bar. And Mick goes, he knows I love Spurs. And he goes, I've got one TV saved for you. I'm like, thanks, Lottie. This time Mick's not working. So I go up there. Man City now is on the stream. So they only have one other stream. And there's this Ponzi hairdresser watching Paris Saint-Germain. And he goes, I was here first. And the guy's like, I, he has the second stream. So I didn't get to see the game. And that's okay. But I don't think this guy really cared. He was just like... I want to see Paris. Right. You yeah. got quaff blocked, is what that is, by the hairdresser. <laughs> Thank you. We'll go ahead and let that applause uh, All right. ring out for a little bit. So long, everybody. 11 minutes in. Good night, Cleveland. Rick will take you home, boys and girls. You got quaff wow, blocked. Brilliant. I was trying to figure out how to get a block yeah. in there because it's. I'm a big fan of, like on our show, Jolo and Dibs, mm-hmm. when you get talk blocked, when somebody interrupts you, it's uh, like, dude, you're talk blocking me. Yeah. There's or, a lot of different blocks. And you get the vocabulary too, right? Right, right. And that's why quaff blocking is... Uh, uh, Very good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, speaking of PSG, they are perfect through four, much like this man's hair, I'm sure, 
also perfect. Oh, that one. Are they in Real Madrid? <laughs> you have great hair as well. Don't ever paid a me, lot for this hairpiece. Yeah, try to sell you short on that. Those two likely going through. It looks like Bayern and Tottenham, as you mentioned, in Group B. Group C, City is in command, and then it's uh, interesting between Zagreb and uh, Shakhtar Doncic to, to, to try to sort out second place. Atleti, holding on for dear life. And uh, Juventus looks like Group D, they'll go through. So, for the most part, most of these groups largely resolved, which is really what we want, right? You don't want to see too many upsets in the group stage. We want to see the big boys go through to the knockout. You do, and this is the whole reason they started what this used to be called the mini-league. is because, um, as I said, Blackburn Rovers won the Premier League, and they were knocked out by Trondheim in the first round, and that was it. There was no... Uh, Cup Winners' Cup uh, or UEFA Cup to go to. Now it's set up. You're going to get through the first part, get to your mini, get to your group stages, and then if you go out in the group stages, you drop down to UEFA. This is to guarantee many nights under Wednesday and Thursday night lights, and that will bring in a lot of cash. The only group really that's still wide open, <laughs> Group H with Chelsea, Ajax, and Valencia all on seven points. Goal differential favoring Ajax at this point and Lille, the, the team kind of heading up the bottom of the pile. Any instinct on the two of the three that make it through there? It's interesting you say Lille bottom of the pile because if you go by Lille in northern France, there is a giant black pyramid that is coal, or as they say, technically Coke. To me, Coke is a beverage. Well, uh, to or me, cocaina. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'd forgotten about the beverage for a minute there. Yeah, so um, it's kind of funny you said bottom of the pile there. Um, that's, a, that's a hodgepodge, I think. I've got a great quote, by the way, when you're done with this. There's someone that agrees with you. That no, I I'm done. I got much. the group H, and of course, um, we will talk some VAR. Well, that's what I want to get to oh, now. Oh, beautiful. I'm so glad. Okay. Uh, Gary Lineker is my favorite soccer player of all time, and he's now a pundit. He's on TV. He's pretty good on Twitter. He goes back and forth a lot of times with Piers Morgan, who's a uh, Arsenal fan. But he uh, tweeted this out uh, this weekend. Sick of VAR. In its present state, it is killing the game. It's being used to referee the game rather than something in the background to correct the absolute howler. Was always going to take time to settle down, but they couldn't be getting it more wrong than they currently are. Love that guy. Love that little guy. That, that's music to your ears. It is, and it's exactly what I was afraid of, and it's exactly what has come to pass because you take this application of instant replay and we apply it unreasonably using slow motion, whereas the game is played out in, in actual motion. There was a game this past weekend in the Premier League where, and it'll come to me after I explain it, and maybe you remember the play, but a mm -hmm. player barely gets touched. He barely gets clipped, takes an additional step, and then goes to the ground. Play continues. The referee awards no penalty. And then, lo and behold, we've got to go back now and take a look at it. And, oh, there was contact in the penalty area, and he did go down, so now we retroactively award a penalty. So that's what Gary Lineker means about they're refing the game. Yeah. It's not like the ref saying, hey, can we look at this? No, no, no. It's like, it's like a Major League Baseball game. The pitcher throws strike, and he's getting ready to throw again, and the umpire goes, wait, wait, hold on. No, now they're, they're saying upstairs it was a ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Right, after yeah. further review. And yeah. I just remembered it was the Watford-Chelsea game, 2 nothing at the time, De La Feu, is in the area and he does. Great player, by the way. He's moving up. No, he's having a nice he's little really season. Good, Watford yeah. needs more out of him in order yeah. to avoid relegation. Mm -hmm. But even if they get relegated, relegated rather, he'll stay in the Premier League. But it, this was the play where 
De La Feo gets touched, takes a step, then goes to ground, and retroactively they give a penalty. I think that's what Lineker was talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think so, too. And it's just a shame. <laughs> Chelsea holds on in large part because the, the pride of America, Christian Pulisic, did it again, Rick. And another that's another assist. goal now. He a scores yeah, yeah, Tammy yeah. Abraham with a goal, Pulisic with a goal. He's starting to find his stride here. Well, that's the one thing, too, is that you can, obviously, you're accepted by management, um, and that's why Chelsea brought him in. Um, this was before Frank Lampard came on, so he had to sign on. Frank Lampard knows he's the, the best American player, but your teammates, too, they have to trust you. And here's this you know, this this young, good-looking, skinny kid from America, and it's like, eh, so you played for Dortmund, big deal. Everybody has to buy in, and now they trust him. And I can tell you that if uh, people don't want to pass you the ball, they're not going to pass you the ball. Right, yeah. based on the media game yeah. where you couldn't get the rock. Is that where you're going? <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm a bit tubby. Maybe. They're like, what the hell's Fat Boy going to do when That's he gets That's right. It? The yeah. guy's got a podcast, you know? It's uh, like, yeah, Chubby's rocking a podcast. Sure. We go from the, the good of American soccer, Christian Pulisic, to yet another badge of shame, Rick, as we go to the under-17 FIFA World Cup, where the United States... Couldn't win a singular game. I didn't know Drawing that. Japan, losing to Senegal, losing to the Dutch, not making it to the knockout round. So as we monitor these competitions throughout the course of the season, the U.S. again flaming out. Right now we do have Ecuador and Italy in the round of 16. Nil-nil at halftime. It's pretty exciting to watch these games. Some of them have been on TV. And you watch the U-17. It's a much more open game. These kids not as physical. The game doesn't bog down as much. It's pretty fun soccer to watch. It is fun because of the enthusiasm and the athleticism of the youth. But I, I'm not surprised because our 16-year-olds are playing for Casa Grande High School and maybe their, Go lo- Gauchos. their local county's best team. The 16-year-olds in Holland are playing for Feyenoord and Ajax and Twente Enschede. They're in the academy. They've been there for five, six, seven years so I guess we shouldn't be surprised by that. We should absolutely be stunned and we should be ashamed, Rick, because <laughs> we are the most athletically developed nation on this earth. We Except have the when best. it comes to youth soccer. I but mean, we have the best resources and we have the most talent. So We do, but we have grandmas and, and parents coaching saying, okay, don't touch the ball Careful with your hands. now, I coached a lot of U8s in my day. I didn't say you. Shout out the fireballs and FC Truth. I'm just... FC Truth. Nothing stronger than the truth, Rick. Oh, my god. That gosh. was our motto. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> Under 10s. We, uh, this is a brief story. This doesn't count as my story, but okay. our first season, they were all eight-year-olds, too old for under eights. We go to under 10s. I say, hey, guys, what do you want your uh, the team name to be? Oh, we want to be the Purple Monkey Spacemen. <laughs> all right, we're the Purple Monkey Spacemen. <laughs> we play as the Purple Monkey Spacemen the first year. Wow. We get the whole team back the next year. Hey, Coach, I have an idea for the name. That was last year. <laughs> this year, I'm naming the team. Wow. FC Truth. That was what? you. <laughs> what do you mean, Coach? Son, nothing stronger than the truth. I like that. We went three, four, and three. All right. How much did <laughs> Turns you... Turns out a lot of things are stronger than the truth. <laughs> How much of the well-placed lie? How, how much you. did you say you can't handle the truth to the other team? Constantly. All right. And that was our chance. I know my uh, my nephew played on a Little League team called the Pizza Bears. Wow. Which is very sweet, but I don't think that would, like, uh, I don't think a high school would want to be the Pizza Bears. No, no. Yeah. FC Truth, we were middle of the pack in the bronze flight. We felt pretty good about the that. Bron- <laughs> There's like eight flights in uh, Montclair soccer. But my point is, is that Please. you've got a, uh, and I, I've seen these. It's a very 
nice parent who wants to help who will say, don't touch the ball with your hands and we'll have some orange slices at halftime. I remember there was, I went to a youth soccer game and the, the coach who constantly studies, uh, you know, he just, he, he read books constantly. His back four were parked in the box the whole game, even when they were taking a corner on the other side. And I went up to him and I said, I don't want to say anything, but I go, the, the whole unit has to move like a one consistent, like an amoeba. You right. know? So like if you're taking a corner, you maybe have one guy in your own half, maybe. Right. And he's like, no, these guys are defenders. I'm like, they're not outfielders. They're not defensive backs. It's just hard to crack that nut sometimes. And meanwhile, what's happening to that 12-year-old that could be in an academy? He ain't learning jack. And he's playing against garbage players. Yeah, and it's getting better, but still the <clears throat> the hurdle to climb is pretty steep. And again, I would encourage you this Sunday, Netherlands, South Korea faces Mexico. It's quarterfinal action in the U-17. It's pretty enjoyable as far as uh, you know, watching soccer goes. By the way, I remember I caught a lot of heat, but I stuck to my guns for obvious reasons. When Mexico won the either the under-21 or the under-18 World Cup, somebody called me on the air here, this is a few years ago, and said, Mexico won the World Cup. And I go, eh, that's not the World Cup. And they go, it is the World Cup. It's just the World Cup for under-18s. And I'm like, no one knows, no one cares. And they and so then I got a hundred texts. Rick, it is the World Cup. This is the true World Cup. And I go, this ain't the Copa Mundial. But they wanted to embrace it. Bless them, but don't act like it's the. That's like saying you win the Little League World Series. It's I mean it's the World Series. It so is. We won the World it Series. Is, yeah. Screw the Nationals. That's a great won. analogy too. Yeah. And I I enjoy this uh, U seventeen World Cup almost as much as I enjoy the Little League World Series. Because I enjoy the competition. Quicker game, smaller diamond, mm. more action. Sure. Rick, before I do story time, I do want to show you this video because I don't think you've seen it. Okay. The headline is, Man Saved on Train Tracks, an Incredible Last Second Heroics. And uh, here, I'm going to play the video and you can you can enjoy it. It's from the Oakland Coliseum BART station. And it's a case from last year. <laughs> Sorry, it just pooped out. That would be you, human error. Undoubtedly, that was human error. Here, I'll have to just hold it up for you because All right. we can't... If I touch it, it's going to break, obviously. Yeah, that's. I've heard you say that before in a different, oh, different no. setting. But Gordon Glasscock. Here it is. Okay. Man falls in front of Bart Train. Onlooker jumps and pulls him up right before the train hits him. Do you see that? Oh, wait. Now that it's highlighted... Wow. Is, yeah, right? Wow. He this got his legs up just in time. Just in time. This is from the Oakland Coliseum. And I wonder I, why that doesn't happen more often, really. I tell the story because I just met the hero, John O'Connor, oh. right before we did this podcast. Nice and Italian boy. Yeah, good old-fashioned Irishman, quite frankly. <laughs> John O'Connor is going to be honored tonight at the Raider game. Oh. And also at the Cal game this weekend. Wow. For his heroism. So that really is my story. I, I met the man today and talked about how he made a play in a great moment and how he was able to, out of his peripheral vision, because if you watch the video later and you watch it in Zapruder-like fashion... As you have. Yes, of course. You can see <laughs> that he's not really looking at the man who falls off the tracks. And then the man tries to use one of the rails to jump up, and John O'Connor comes up and grabs him and pulls him to safety. It's pretty incredible. And there was no screeching brakes. The train operator... Couldn't react in time. No. It's going way too fast. Right. And the train operator's coming into the station, so he's not going full speed. He's mm -hmm. braking already, but you can't come it's to still a, like a screeching halt. At least 40 miles per hour, probably. Probably right in there, 25, yeah. 30. Either way, if he hits the guy, the guy doesn't survive it. He gets pulled underneath the train, and 
Yeah, that's and all. He, only the top half survives, so he'd have to be a toll booth operator. Man, that's really. I mean, if I, I would laugh at that, but this is a, a serious moment. <laughs> all right. The, the best part would be I met him. What an ass. I mean, great guy. Okay, great that's guy. good. Uh, this is just something for my own little uh, amusement here. I've always thought that, you know, like if you're a hockey player and you say, what's your name? And you to a girl and she says, what's your name? And you're like, you know, Joe Thornton. And you go, okay. But if you say, my name is Vincent Le Cavalier, they go, woo. So the French national team. I always thought like the most French name would be a guy in a name like Jeremy Toulon or the head coach now Didier Deschamps. Today, Not bad. He was oh. a good little defender. Didier Deschamps is so French, but best champ. I was just yeah, I was just looking. Uh, they put out their list today of their national team, and they have a new hashtag, and it is Fier d'autre bleu, which means proud to be blue. And but I I don't know why it's escaped me. I've never seen the names of the positions because you know if you have like portieri, like doorman for goalkeeper, right? And, so their their goalkeepers are. Guardian, oui. which is nice. The guardian of the goal. Yes. Not the galaxy, but the goal. <laughs> the defenders, Defensieur. Right. Uh, the midfield, Milieu. Ooh, your Milieu. And the attackers, Attaquant. Damn, watch your mouth. <laughs> Attaquant. I just, I don't know, I just love it. I was just over there. I'm fascinated. Guardian, Defensieur, Milieu, Attaquant. It's just, this is why you may hate it, but this is why French is the best language in the world, and I wish I could speak it a lot better. Yeah, I put it in my top five of languages is I wish I could Mount speak. Is it on Mount Language more? It is on Mount Language more. I mean, so I already know four. English, so <laughs> of the four languages I would like to learn, mm-hmm. uh, Spanish would be one, just because that's in the George Washington position. Okay. How useful would that be to just be able to roll around with Spanish? Sure. Uh, number two would be French. Because of something about the jean-tonton and the oui and the uh, sacré yeah. bleu and the zoo-doo-doo and the bougie-boo, all that. Careful. Very useful. Germany's not getting in. I'm going uh, Dutch instead. Really? Would love to learn Dutch. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of that. <laughs> and number four, without a doubt, is uh, Mandarin. Mandarin. you got to have Mandarin not for the Cantonese. future. Not Cantonese? No, I think Cantonese is more of the formal language, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it's it's funny because Mandarin's and Cantonese, it's funny. Cantonese they, is the Real Madrid of languages, <laughs> and uh, Mandarin is Atletico. Just remember in Cantonese, uh, thank you, was ungoi. Really? Ungoi. That's all you got to know. Ungoi? So you go to a restaurant, like in Chinatown, it's mostly Cantonese, but you just go ungoi. It's mostly Cantonese that's or mostly what I've Mandarin? Been to, that's what I've been told now. But every time, Maybe Cantonese is the uh, Atletico <laughs> of, of languages. Well, I, I might just, have them confused. From what, I, from what I was told, the difference between Mandarin and Cantonese is like the difference between French and English. Like we kind of think it's, right. a, it's dialects. Right. Like, like no, can't, it's dramatically different. Yeah, like Mandarin is how you doing and Cantonese is how y'all doing. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's dramatically way, way different. more different yeah. than that. Shouldn't make myself laugh. No, that's yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, game week 12 in the Premier League. Rick, it all <laughs> starts tomorrow with the Canaries. The Canaries, Norwich hosting Watford in what some would think would be a relegation battle on a Friday. Is that at Carroll Road or at Vicarage Road? Uh, it would be at Norwich, so that would be okay. Carroll Road. In East Anglia. If you ever get a chance to go to East Anglia, go up near uh, Cambridge to Duxford, the Imperial War Museum Air Museum. There's be a lot of uh, Spitfire bases up there, right near Carroll Road, I should say. Um, yeah, that's one uh, I would have to agree with you, especially the way uh, Watford has begun their season. I think the... Uh, 
the Canaries will uh, look for a victory there. No doubt. Saturday, we've got six on the slate, including Chelsea hosting Crystal Palace. That's the morning game, 4.30 London Pacific Dolby. time. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, indeed. Interesting to see a Palace defense that's been pretty solid against the young, vibrant Chelsea side that's been playing very well. Burnley and the Hammers, Newcastle, Bournemouth, the Spurs against the Shoe, as my son and I call them. S-H-U, Sheffield United. The shoe. They've gotten dubbed the shoe because <laughs> when the graphic comes up, it's the shoe, really big shoe. Wow, the blades. By the way, Burnley and West Ham, that's uh, two teams with claret and blue. So I'm sure one of them will Something's wear Something's got to give. Somebody's going to wear lime orange with pink polka dots probably as a change. And kit. how do you feel about the third uh, kits for a lot of these teams? Well, I'm okay with a with a third kid. If you have to do it, you have to do it. I mean, there are certain things like Tottenham will never wear red. When they had a sponsor written in red, everyone had a S fit mm-hmm. over it. A but, sponsor fit. <laughs> but the thing is, is that um, believe it or not, when I was first watching soccer, you would have the same kit for about three or four seasons, and then about maybe 20 years ago, you changed everything every year. So that if you were a kid wearing last year's kit, you got teased at school. So mom and dad had to throw out 60 quid. Nice. Yeah, on a new kit. I mean, it's a racket. The, the uniforms are more expensive in Europe than they are here. Oh, wow. Yeah. You'll pay about 160 euros on the continent. You'll pay about 140 pounds. You're much better off here getting it from Fanatics with a name on the back for about 120. Nah, not bad. Shout out Fanatics, sponsor of this show. Fingers crossed. Yeah, long time, first time, long time. I think <laughs> is how that goes. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't get to the Sunday featured piece at Anfield, don't you know? Mm-hmm. Liverpool and Man City. Considering where the two sides are right now, you've got you know Man City's been a little bit uneven. And their results, Liverpool, both teams surviving last week in the Prem. Who do you like in this big matchup at Anfield? Uh, I like I like Liverpool at Anfield. They just have the the the, um, the pixie dust this season. But Man City knows that if they want to get in this, they have to win this game. And you can sit there and hope whoever they're playing, please Villa upset them today. But take matters into your own hands, and that's why I think this is going to be a really good game. Should be a thriller. That's uh, eight thirty on Sunday. I'm sure. You'll be all dialed in, ready to watch that at one of your favorite. Wait, I'm just getting word. Wait, is this is this accurate? You'll you'll be working during this one, <laughs> Rick. Is this true? Do you know that I won't? That Wait, what? Ninety five seven. The game is is doing an NFL triple header. The Raiders are playing tonight. I'm about to go over here in a couple hours with Cozy and and do the uh, pre and post. Enjoy John O'Connor, my new dear dear friend, the Bart hero. John O'Connor is he coming on? Oh, John O'Connor is being featured at the Raiders. Uh, we're yeah. going to be at the studios. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. It'd be a lot cooler if you were in Oakland. I know it would be, wouldn't it? You sure would. You know why give press box space to the flagship? I... Yeah, we'll probably have to cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, John O'Connor, uh, a plain name for an uncommon man. How about a common name for an uncommon man? I got to think of these things before I say them out loud. One more try and we can wrap this thing up. How about <laughs> three, two, and one? John O'Connor, a common name for an uncommon man. Boom. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 